You are tuning in to Slightly Balanced, hosted by Tia and Petey. This show is all about all things positivity, business, entrepreneurship, relationships, and mental health. We encourage you to listen if you are looking for a relatable community that will cheer you on in life. This episode is sponsored in part by the Barn at Aspen Acres, inviting you to unite, grow, and celebrate together. And by Blue Spruce Coffee Truck, a mobile coffee delivery service available to pour you some love. Hello and welcome back for another episode of Slightly Balanced, where we hope to inspire, relate, and create a relationship with our listeners. Uh, This month or this segment, we are going to be talking about authenticity and uh, how it may affect your love life, your happiness, your uh, business life, and all of the above. So today we actually have a very special guest with us. We're going to welcome Becky Funk today, and I will let her introduce herself. Good morning or good afternoon. It all depends on who's there listening. Yeah, Yeah. when they're listening. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Becky, can you kind of tell us a little bit about your business, who you are, Sure. Kind of what you do, because our listeners may not know. Absolutely. So I'm a mental health counselor, and I've been in Spearfish, um, South Dakota, since 1999. Um, And I provide mental health counseling to children, individuals, adults. Um, I have some specialized training with children, so I do some play therapy. So um, couples as well. So I see a variety of um, populations. Um, and specialize in play therapy. Mm-hmm. Cool. And you do couples, but you also deal with individuals, mental health in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, you probably deal with a lot of people's happiness. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to do our happiness segment um, and kind of round it out with some questions. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to welcome Becky back um, at a future mm-hmm. um, episode to talk more um, about just bravery and mental health because mm-hmm. we know that she's an expert at that too. Yeah. So with uh, our theme on authenticity, um, Becky, when it comes to happiness, um, can you, for our listeners, describe what being authentic is in its truest form? Um, And we'll kind of break it down from there. Okay, awesome. Yeah, authenticity is really a word we hear a lot, isn't it? Kind of is a buzzword that we hear um, quite a bit. But when we stop and think, like, really, what is it to be authentic? And for me, I think a good definition of authenticity is just being your true, genuine self, you know, being Mm -hmm. able to know yourself, to be able to express your opinions and feelings um, to others and um, living an authentic life that is right for you. Mm -hmm. I I think for me, I think that sounds so easy because for me, I, I know who I am, like, I don't know if it was just the way that I was raised or I think a lot goes back to our childhood. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think a lot of people don't actually genuinely know who they are or their belief system. Um, I grew up very Republican and probably had a lot of Republican values instilled Mm -hmm. in me and Catholic, but I actually don't follow either of those. I, I, once I became my true self, I'm more independent. Mm -hmm. Um, and, maybe on the spiritual side versus like a straight religion, Catholic lifestyle. So Mm -hmm. I know that's sharing a lot, but I think that some people haven't actually conformed out of the way that their family raised them and into like their personal true self. Right. Absolutely. And so we are a lot of the times a, some of our experiences, right. And so a lot of us as children and teenagers, um, believe what our 
parents believe. Um, and then you start to kind of see that change. And for people in early adulthood, start to really think about that and figure that out as far as who am I? What are my beliefs? What are my opinions? Mm-hmm. What are similar to my parents and what are what's different? Um, but yeah, I think all of those things play a big part in being authentic. When I think of authenticity, a lot of the times I think the obstacle for people is those expectations that they mm-hmm. feel others have for them, or mm-hmm. even sometimes those expectations that we impose mm-hmm. on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And not living in an authentic way, I know we're going to use this word a lot, um, can really um, begin to heal hamper or dampen dampen really your um happiness Absolutely. Uh, and so um i guess well some of the things that we want to talk about too is being you know why aren't we authentic in today's society and mm-hmm. i think it's from outside pressures mm-hmm. um and i'm sure as a psychologist you see that quite a bit mm-hmm. um so do people come to you and say oh gosh i can't handle the the stress and i know i didn't handle this right but i i i handled it the way they would want me to handle it, not the way I wanted to handle it. Or um, is that, do you see that a reoccurring theme or? Yeah. And I don't know if at the time people are, you know, actually recognizing that they're not being authentic to themselves, right? They just know that they're struggling or there's some internal conflict and confusion that doesn't feel right to them. Mm -hmm. Um, A thing I like to think about with authenticity is um, the concept in psychology called congruency. And congruency is when our thoughts, feelings, and actions match. They all coincide. that's That's a good one. Okay. So typically internal conflict comes from when we're not congruent, right? And we've all been there. That's me. Right. We've all been there. When all of our energies aren't circling together. Right. We talk about energy a lot mm-hmm. of times on our podcast and it's kind of like all of those things have to be in one circle one energy right flow. yes exactly mm-hmm. so has a way of like stirring up internal conflict in us when like we're feeling one way but we're saying something else um, yeah. lots oh. of times for example like so i'm saying tell her my example you should but <laughs> i'm saying yes okay. but i'm feeling like i shouldn't do this so i would definitely tell her um <laughs> my theory Your theory yes I like this theory so I want to run it off a professional here okay so my theory kind of comes in um I'm just going to do this really quick while we're on the phone just kidding not on the phone <laughs> um so my theory kind of comes in um for putting it in terms of pizza uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So like if I ask PD what type of pizza she likes and she says oh I like whatever you like do you like pepperoni and then she likes pepperoni with me, but she doesn't like pepperoni with you. She mm-hmm. likes supreme pizza with you. Mm-hmm. So like really being able to know that it's okay to like that type of pizza, mm-hmm. no matter who you're with. So for me, um, I... <laughs> that's a really I, good example. Yeah, like I love supreme pizza. I don't love everything that's on supreme pizza, but my husband loves pepperoni pizza. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like when when we go get pizza, we just know that Tia's getting a pizza and Dan's getting a pizza because we don't like the same thing. But you feel comfortable in telling him what kind of pizza you like. Yeah. And I can honestly say that like, I guarantee you that Petey would just eat whatever pizza I offered her because she's just like that. I'm that person. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to speak up for myself because I don't, I had a very, recent uh mm-hmm. thing going on in my life and someone said to me they're like uh, you're it's because you are concerned about people liking you too much and mm-hmm. to me that's like not a good thing because I feel like that's sacrificing 
Uh, well, I feel like I'm in a therapy session right now. <laughs> That's what we're supposed to be feeling like. <laughs> Making um, you guys nervous. nervous. This whole setup. <laughs> um, but for me, I was like, oh, I don't like the way that sounds because I feel like I'm jeopardizing or disrespecting myself by not actually saying what I wanted and mm-hmm. it does make me unhappy because I'm like now I'm eating this freaking sausage pizza and I hate sausage mm-hmm. pizza but evidently in my mind the other person's happy so I'm happy it's fine but I'm really not happy because I really hate sausage right so well and I think on a smaller level sometimes we can do that right and it doesn't <laughs> impact us as much but honestly like if you use that as a bigger example that sometimes mm-hmm. a lot of people face right like staying in a relationship where they feel like they can't be open and honest about mm-hmm. their feelings or who they are mm-hmm. um, too much for too long right yeah. so once in a while you can do that and sacrifice how you feel or what you want Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing that long term, um, you know, that can really impact you emotionally on a bigger level, Mm -hmm. you know, more than just do I want pepperoni or supreme pizza? (laughs) What do you think are some ways or steps that people can practice being more authentic or kind of showing those to help with their happiness? Right. So Mm -hmm. I thought about this a lot since, you know, you guys had contacted me and said we were going to discuss this. And I I love this topic. You Mm -hmm. know, I think that. a lot of my friends, just because we are mental health therapists, we are um, always kind of looking inward. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of who we are, you yeah. know, um, and kind of nature of the beast. But I think the first thing you have to do to be authentic is really practice being introspective. You can't mm-hmm. be authentic if you're not able to be insightful and kind of look into your own self, your own actions. And I'm a why person, you know? So Mm. when something happens, um, my first tendency is to think, why did I do that? Oh, yeah. What was that about? Or why did they do that? You know, so um, that's important. I do that a lot too. Yeah, you have to kind of be able to look inward. And we kind of, as therapists, we joke about this sometimes when we're together as friends that we expect that that just comes natural for people. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, that a lot a lot of people aren't always thinking like we think because we're in our therapist brain that after a while, mm-hmm. you know, really becomes in some ways just a way of life and a way of thinking. Yeah. Do you ask that question to yourself? Uh, n- it's uh, okay. Like, just be honest. No, I, I don't. <laughs> I typically like, if something like bad happens, I typically, uh, I'm a runner. I'm a flight, you know, there's like the mm-hmm. fight or flight. I'm a flight. I'm a flight uh-huh. person. I'm just going to fly away from the situation. One, because I don't want to acknowledge what right. <laughs> you're doing or what I'm doing. A little avoidant. Uh, a little, sometimes. A lot yeah. avoidant. Well, and sometimes so, we need a little space before we can come back and yeah. really talk that through. Which is a prime example from. But one of the things I want to compliment you on is like, you're definitely a crowd pleaser. Like everyone loves you. Oh, yeah. And I, I, sometimes I wish I had more of that. So like, where is that fine line? Yeah, where is that fine yeah. line? Because I mean, because she has like people throwing her bridal showers, like right <laughs> that I hardly know, and I right. love them so much, and I'm like, well, oh. right. And I think you know what I always try to remind my clients that I see, and even myself is, you know, we are who we are as far as our personality, right? It's it's pretty much developed by age five, age six, right? Sure. And so you take those traits and those strengths. And you take those weaknesses along with it. It doesn't mean that you don't recognize Mm -hmm. those weaknesses or you don't work on them. But it is really about that middle. Um, You know, for for example, I've had people come in that I've seen that are very proud that they're opinionated and that they're able to um, tell people what they think. And kind of their attitude sometimes is, I am who I am. 
take mm-hmm. it or leave it. Well, you know, that can be really problematic too. Abrasive. because Right. Mm-hmm. Because to me, authenticity, you know, is about owning your own beliefs and opinions, but also doing that in a kind way, not mm-hmm. hiding behind that. Right. Because we're still always responsible for our actions or even the way we deliver our opinions and beliefs. Um, are really important because they can impact other people. On the opposite side of that spectrum is someone who always, you know, um, does what other people want them to do um, and puts other people before their needs. And so it is mm-hmm. about balance and finding that middle ground. But I think, again, it starts with just knowing yourself, your tendencies. I'm mm-hmm. a therapist, so yeah. obviously I'm a caretaker. Yeah. You know, so I have to know that and embrace that, but also know how to self-care right. and set boundaries and take care of myself. Right. And I think that middle ground is where you're going to find your where you're the most happy because I feel like you're staying true to yourself but you're still taking not necessarily for some people it's probably taking care of others like in in your respect um but maybe respecting other people so that middle line is respecting both parties without swinging way so one side that they just feel taken advantage of a, a by by other people or the very interesting thing that you brought up that hit home for me um the people that um, are very strong and opinionated and don't really care what other people think they're missing that kindness element that communication Absolutely. element I didn't really think of that as um Absolutely. hiding behind that and that's right very true that's a, that's a very right. it, when I meet a break what I would just uh, take as an abrasive person or a cold person that is very opinionated I'm like well they don't care about me well really they're just protecting themselves and that's actually mm-hmm. a really good mm-hmm. point that you brought up yeah I always think of a gentleman in particularly that I was doing marital counseling with and that mm-hmm. was really kind of his defense mechanism was take it or leave it mm-hmm. but he was really hurtful and the way he handled things was hurting his marriage and really hurting his wife and that was mm-hmm. kind of an excuse that he just kind of hid behind he was really proud of that personality trait but it was also stopping him from really being vulnerable right you know and authenticity is really about owning your imperfections and your weaknesses Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um and i love it because there's something about when you do that that's very freeing yeah it's very freeing to own your weaknesses and your imperfections Mm -hmm. because go ahead no go ahead so one of the things i had in my notes was it's natural to have opposing viewpoints and like how do you stay in that middle and not conform to others beliefs but when you know when you're in the room with them also staying true to it which is exactly what we're kind of talking about Mm -hmm. is like Mm -hmm. really looking inward and Mm -hmm. asking those questions um so it's natural it's definitely natural to have people on both sides and also to have opposing viewpoints but being mature enough to have the conversation right Mm -hmm. and allowing the other person to you know share their thoughts and you know for me if I'm in a situation like that I really like to give myself time before I respond Mm -hmm. I almost feel like um in my mind I tell myself I'm more an observer you know, than a participant. And it helps distance myself a Mm -hmm. little bit emotionally if I know I am really passionate Mm -hmm. about a certain subject before I respond. Mm -hmm. And again, like you you had said, Petey is, you know, saying it in a very kind way. Way. We don't, an an authentic person to me is able to express themselves and their opinions without tearing down the other person or hurting the Mm -hmm. other person. Mm -hmm. Which is a practice. It is a I lifelong, think. right, and all of this stuff we're talking about, balance and mm-hmm. authenticity and getting to know yourself mm-hmm. is a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's courage. It takes a lot of hard work yeah. to look at yourself and to grow. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard one. That one sometimes hurts a little yes. bit. Yes, 
right. to recognize your weaknesses or where you're like, I probably should work on that. Absolutely. <laughs> that takes a, yeah. Um, so, so we talked about a little bit about the one extreme of an abrasive person. Um, and, and I kind of want to take it back to the person that's a, a people pleaser or over pleasing people. Um, I feel like the people that are big people pleasers and um, people feel are very warm tend to overshare quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And so they wear their heart in the sleeve. They just mm-hmm. they just tell you everything about their life and blah, 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 blah. Um, so where can that be detrimental? Um, you know, mm-hmm. and how can they still be authentic and true themselves, still share maybe vulnerable things about themselves because that's what makes them ultimately right. um you know that's ultimately what people love them for is just right. that rawness um so how would you direct someone if they overshare too much how would you right you know tell them to protect themselves i yeah. guess well and to me i think you're talking a little bit about boundaries mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. um and so you can be a people pleaser you know mm-hmm. and not necessarily overly share but you mm-hmm. can also be a people pleaser and share too much, too much. you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I just I just always tell people that when you're sharing personal information, you know, mm-hmm. I like to think of it as a relationship. Like the more you share with someone, the more intimate things you share with someone, the stronger relationship you should have. So it takes okay, time. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to divulge your deepest secrets to somebody you just met walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, you should be able to share more. Um, the longer you know someone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I think for me is uh, people, well, people tell me stuff all the time. I feel like they think I'm their therapist, but mm-hmm. I'm their barista. Because which you're is, so open. And yeah, and I just I just genuinely love people yes. and I feel like they feel that. And, then and just, that happens to me all the oh, time. Oh, I bet. You yeah, know, and it's because I am too. I'm engaging. I talk to the mm-hmm. person that you know packs my groceries, groceries up at yep. Safeway, and mm-hmm. you know. But setting boundaries for yourself, you can't mm-hmm. you know control what they do. But you know, setting boundaries for yourself is really important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately good for your happiness too, because mm-hmm. I feel like people try to suck that out of you sometimes too. What um, I typically see with people on the other uh side of the spectrum like you're describing PD is they just get worn out and tired Mm -hmm. you know because you can only care for other people and put other people's needs Mm -hmm. before yours for so long Mm -hmm. and then that's sometimes when you see anxiety or depression creep in you Mm -hmm. know um, because you're not taking care of you back to that congruency thing you're saying yes when you're thinking no you Mm -hmm. know would you volunteer Friday night from five to seven and you're thinking I have so much to do there's no way I can do that Sure, I'll be there, <laughs> you know. Um, so self-care is mm-hmm. so important in mm-hmm. this day and age, so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, when I look at myself in my early 20s and 30s, building my career, raising mm-hmm. my family, I thought the more I, you know, I thought almost it was a badge of honor to do as much as you can. And, oh, she's mm-hmm. motivated and she's ambitious and look mm-hmm. at her go, you know. Um, and I really, you know, I have a daughter and, you know, she's very, very motivated and ambitious. And I see her doing some of those same things, too, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it's it's life sometimes. Mm-hmm. And looking back, you know, the message I would give is just to breathe a little bit and to slow down and to remember mm-hmm. that self-care is so important. I think it's that that middle time of life, you know, that mm-hmm. um, we put a lot of expectations on us um, and it kind of changes the older you get. Mm-hmm. So will you describe some of what that anxiety looks like? Because I think you've told me that you've had anxiety PD like 
through mm-hmm. not saying no. Oh, yeah. But sometimes I think that people don't know how to identify that that right. is their trigger. Yeah. That actually... Not taking care of themselves. Not taking yeah. care right. of themselves or conforming to what other people's beliefs right. is mm-hmm. actually triggering them into mm-hmm. this anxiety state. Because mm-hmm. by saying yes to so many things, I'm not being authentic and true to myself. Right. And that does... It has developed into an extreme anxiety and then mm-hmm. I get depressive episodes, which is mm-hmm. like right on... Right, right on par with what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anxiety has so much to do with um, expectations. You know, if you talk to a lot of people, you know, who have had anxiety, who have had anxiety, I've struggled mm-hmm. with it, you know, throughout my life more mm-hmm. when I was younger. But it, a lot of it, again, is about those expectations that we've imposed on ourselves or that we think society expects from us, mm-hmm. you know, or our family expects from us, whomever it is. And when we can't meet those expectations, mm-hmm. right, we're not really doing what we want want to do Mm -hmm. um that's when that internal again conflict starts to rise Mm -hmm. um and and kind of going back to the thing of like that's when you need to look at it and say mm -hmm. what's happening why am i feeling this ask that why question that you had talked about Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. an example in my own life i think of is i worked at a different place for years and um you know it really didn't fit me Mm -hmm. Um, but i kept trying to make it fit Mm -hmm. for a long long time and um, it was easy for me to say that was me or why isn't this work? I'll just, you know, and it, and I stayed in a situation where I wasn't taking care of me and giving all these, you mm-hmm. know, my families and clients great advice, but I wasn't doing it myself. Mm-hmm. And to step back from that and to realize that sometimes, again, too much for too long, that sometimes anxiety can be a result of our thinking and, you know, not necessarily the situation, but sometimes it can be the situation and mm-hmm. that a certain environment just isn't good for us. Mm-hmm. And so again, it goes back to really knowing yourself right. and saying, this isn't good for me anymore. Mm-hmm. I, you know, this doesn't fit me. Yeah. Well, in, in relation to happiness, what are some things that maybe our listeners can practice um, to be more self-aware, to work on that congruency um, and to work towards a more balanced um, middle ground, depending on what it, what extreme they're on, or maybe they're just a little bit off balance. What are some exercises right. our listeners can participate right. well, in? Well, self-care means different things to different people. Right. You know, self-care for me would be a hot we bubble bath. We all want bath. a prescription to massages. Right. <laughs> and that's on my list. That is on my list. I try to do that once or twice a month. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's self-care to me. Now, to my husband, he would hate that, right? He'd mm-hmm. be like, no massage. <laughs> to him, it would be, you know, playing the drums or lifting weights. So self-care mm-hmm means you know different things to different people but it truly is just trying to fit it in in little spurts throughout Mm -hmm. our day throughout our week you know Mm -hmm. Um, I do mindfulness activities um, Mm -hmm. and just checking in with yourself you know sometimes you know people that I'm working with that are really struggling to get to know to know themselves we work on checking in three times a day check in with yourself at breakfast sure check in with yourself at lunch check in with yourself before you go to bed and by that it's like how am I feeling Mm -hmm. you know what happened today is there anything that happened today that you know bothered me or that I can't put my finger on it or need to review or right mm -hmm. right so just kind of Tuning in with yourself, doing some things that you know um, relieve stress for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, that can be different for different people. And Mm -hmm. just trying to fit in fun and boundaries are so important. I think more than ever, and I could go on and on about this, but, you know, work-life balance is, it's so difficult with all the technology anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, people work from home. They're they're always on their phones working. Um, there's great benefits mm-hmm. to that, but it's also very hard for us to separate our, you know, personal life from business and to shut just mm-hmm. to shut it off. 
Loose Bruce Coffee Truck is a mobile coffee delivery service available for daily deliveries as well as weddings, church functions, and sporting events. Visit us on Facebook to see how we can be a part of your next event. The Barn in Aspen Acres is a simplistic, modern, farmhouse-style wedding and event center that is now booking for 2020 and 2021. To learn more and book your event, visit www.blackhillsbarn.com. Our bravery segment is really all things mental health, anxiety, depression, however you want to talk about that, because we really want to make this segment um, a less of a taboo subject mm-hmm. um, and really open the floor to people to talk more openly about it. Mm-hmm. And with our theme being authenticity and being your most true stuff and like our, talking about in our happiness segment is finding that middle ground. Um, we just kind of want to talk about a little bit and um, what kind of you know, detriments it can have on your mental health by not being authentic to yourself. What can develop from that? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, when you're talking about bravery, you know, Mm -hmm. and you mentioned um, the stigma of mental illness, I guess what pops up for me immediately is just how much courage it does take for someone to come to counseling and for Mm -hmm. someone to to work on their mental health issues, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and obviously being a therapist over 20 years, you know, um, that stigma is still there, mm-hmm. um, but it's better. Yeah, you know, it's better. But I think that's the first and foremost uh, thing to keep in mind is just the courageous act of someone who does seek help. You know, yeah. that that is not a sign of weakness. That mm-hmm. that does take a lot of courage. Just even step through the door, really. Yes. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it really is. You know, um, I always, you know, joke to some of my clients, especially some of them that are like older ranchers or farmers or born in the Midwest. Hardest ones to get into coming to counseling. (laughs) Absolutely. Let's be honest. Yeah. And you know, and my grandma and grandfather, when they were alive, um, adored me, but there was no way they were going to go to a counselor. You know, they were super (laughs) proud of me and in my corner. Yeah. That was just not something, you know, it was pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You don't tell other people your business. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Mm -hmm. just, you know, fighting through that and seeing that change is is really exciting wonderful mm-hmm. thing to see we we have a ways to go yeah but you know anytime I see someone like that and I know that it was hard for them to you know take that first step in that mm-hmm. door um, I do I try to remind them of just how much courage that takes so. oh yeah for sure you know you're talking about the more traditional structure um, or even our our parents, um, I know my, we were ranchers and so they're very like, you don't go to canceling. That's not something that Mm -hmm. you do. That's a very public thing. Like you just don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, either go to church to get that fixed and tell Jesus you can continue on with your life, you know? Um, and so do you feel like by having that very guarded idea of what people should and shouldn't know, uh, coupled with social media where everything is Mm -hmm. more exposed. I Mm -hmm. think we're in this transition period where Mm -hmm. mental health is actually more of a conversation. And I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, people probably have been struggling with these things from the older generations, but it was never acceptable for them to talk about it. Absolutely, right. You used to hear, you know, oh, she had a nervous breakdown. Oh, yeah. And it's like, what is a nervous breakdown? There's really, you know, Mm -hmm. no diagnosis for that. Mm -hmm. But basically what they were implying was depression or Mm -hmm. anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. So 
Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot your question. Oh, no, I just weird. I was just talking about the marriage of social media and maybe those oh, older yes. generations yes. and how it's, uh, and it's it is very different become yeah. a common conversation now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I guess I go, you know, I, I see things on social media that in my opinion, too, I think shouldn't be shared. Or goes back you know, to that oversharing. Yes, mm-hmm. that there is a middle ground and there mm-hmm. are some things that should, you know, be private or mm-hmm. be only shared with people that you know you can trust, mm-hmm. you know. So I do think there's that middle ground there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you in our previous episode, we talked about boundaries and we talked about how that's going to help with your your overall happiness is keeping that that middle ground and that balance. So we kind of want to go into work life balance um, and talk a little bit about that and uh how to set boundaries with that and mm-hmm. um, how to create a, a, a healthier implementation of home home time and work it time. It's hard, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's ongoing for most people. You know, um, I know it's ongoing for me. I do my private practice and I do consultation work with Head Start. Um, and I love that because mm-hmm. it allows me a lot of flexibility, um, but it's easy for things to creep in. Mm-hmm. there you know like for instance I say Mondays are my paperwork time no clients on Mondays you know and I have to really be rigid about that you know and it's really hard when someone calls or they say but Monday's the only day I can come in you know and mm-hmm. you have to just really um, set those boundaries it. and stick to them right mm-hmm. for your own well-being um, mm-hmm. and the same thing at home you know mm-hmm. turning your phone off at a certain time mm-hmm. um, you know not checking text messages or emails after a certain time um, I had one lady I worked with that would leave her phone in the car until after supper was made and her ch- children were taken care of and then she'd go out and get it because wow. it was too tempting for her to, to have go, it yeah. right there and she was she felt like she was always on call Good for her. Well, I know, um, I don't know for you, Tia, um, or maybe you can relate to this too, Becky. Uh, I feel like social media, uh, well, it's the biggest way I market and get out to my clientele. Um, But I feel like they think they're sitting right next to me by being able to send me that direct message or Mm -hmm. message my, and they, and uh, you know, it kind of goes back to, I'm like, well, I want to respect my home, home life. Mm-hmm. But I also, the anxiety of not getting back to that yes. message is also killing me. Right. Um, and so I think in today, day and age, people think that they're just sitting right next to you when mm-hmm. they can send you a direct message um, right. after hours and they expect that um, message back. Yeah. And so I feel and like that's so important. We teach people how to treat us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I tell I tell my my employees that I've hired, um, you're training our customers. So you mm-hmm. train them to know that you're open at this time and you're closed at this mm-hmm. time. But I don't I don't abide by that because I'm always responding back to messages at home. So <laughs> I won't say I you know have have not caved into that, but I do try really hard. Like even in this day and age too, like a client might text you or email mm-hmm. you and say I need an appointment, and mm-hmm. if you respond back to them. Right. Makes then it you're okay. teaching them right that mm-hmm. they can do that at nine o'clock at night when you're at home with your family. Mm-hmm. The bad thing is, is it's in your head, right? Mm-hmm. Once you read that or you know that, it's in your head. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to let go of that too. Mm-hmm. And I think like my thing about the social media thing is, you re- almost to that same point, you really have to just like leave it, and and you have to tell yourself at that certain amount of time that you're done with social media, mm-hmm. um, and checking back in and sometimes I get anxiety when I'm on social media and I, I do have to question like, why am I feeling this? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so really turning it off at mm-hmm. a certain amount of time, it's just like you, you're burnout. That's why mm-hmm. like you've literally been on this social media platform 
for 10 hours today of course mm-hmm. by the time you can't look at your email for 10 hours right but it's just like second nature that we look at you know for me my i look at social media all day long mm-hmm. and then that's what everyone else is doing at home at seven mm-hmm. o'clock so right. i should be doing that for fun too but it's like by the time that i get to seven o'clock i am burnt out yeah mm-hmm. so i think asking that that why yeah <laughs> uh-huh. yeah i think we oftentimes let our um let our work life seep into our personal life. Yes. And so I feel like we have to start setting very conscious boundaries of, mm-hmm. and at least for me, I'm a, I have timers on my phone all day. So mm-hmm. I know like when my timer goes off at eight thirty, Oh, I need to call my coffee roaster to order coffee at 12 o'clock. My alarm goes off so I can call, you know, the IRS or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I have my whole life is on a time like schedule and I have alarms that go off throughout the day. Five o'clock. I really need to set an alarm that says, unplug the phone, right. <laughs> you know, you're spending intentional time with your husband, you're cooking mm-hmm. dinner and you're being present at home. You're not responding back to that email. You're not responding back to that direct message. Um, and I feel like there is definitely a sense of guilt to that. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we're the Guinea pigs because so much of this is new to us, new to mm-hmm. us you know, mm-hmm. and then you think about, you know, our children and stuff mm-hmm. and we're still really struggling just to figure out that balance mm-hmm. of technology and how it's changed so drastically mm-hmm. and how we make that work for us yeah. in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. Well, and by sacrificing and responding back to those messages and um, text messages, we were talking, you know, we were talking about, yeah, it, it makes it then okay for people to like, oh, okay, well then I can message. I've got messages at 10, 11 o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, even right. from um, people messaging me about coffee of all things right um but um you know that also is a detriment also to our personal happiness and our mental well-being because you're never going to be able to shut off um your thoughts and so for me i'm laying there at bed i'm like why am i not tired it's like because i'm thinking about what delivery I'm making to Susan's office tomorrow, mm-hmm. or I'm thinking about, you know, all these things. Um, and no wonder we're in such an anxiety ridden society. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. We're sacrificing a lot of, um, you know, again, it's not being true to who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Yeah, really. my husband works from home. And so we have, you know, those ongoing conversations mm-hmm. of at five thirty, six o'clock, you come upstairs and you're done. You know, mm-hmm. you leave your yeah. office and you're done. And it is hard because even if you re- even if you're trying from your end to do that, mm-hmm. like you said, the other people or the company you work for may not, you know, be as supportive in separating that work life balance. I think people mm-hmm. now more than ever feel like they're always on the clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah, it's a real thing. And I feel like if we do separate the home and the work life, you're going to be more productive in both and you're going to be more healthy in both Absolutely. environments, which kudos to your husband for working at home. Cause I could never do that. I'm a very physical person. So mm-hmm. I, I need to be able to leave my work at a certain place and then yes. go to another environment and be in that I'm environment like that too. I'd be doing laundry or cooking something. I <laughs> yeah. Can't, I yeah. can't be like, Oh, okay. I need to dedicate this time to this. Even right. though I'm sitting in my living room, <laughs> you yeah. know, maybe I can turn on TV show. Um, so I want to bring it back kind of back to the, um, just the mm-hmm. mental health side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of define imposter syndrome and what is imposter syndrome? And then how many people that you see, I think especially like in the social media world, I think there is like this piece that we all push out and we are somebody on maybe social media, but that's not really who we are. Pretending or, to be somebody yeah. they aren't. So kind of give us just a little bit of idea of what the imposter syndrome is and maybe how you've seen it in your um, clinic. It's maybe not a diagnosis, but, you know, more on the syndrome side of 
just feelings and anxiety. Right. Mm -hmm. So when someone is trying to present themselves in an overly positive light, you know, um, for instance, if you see certain people might come to mind that you see on Facebook that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, are constantly posting their achievements and Mm -hmm. all the wonderful things they're doing. Right. But um, on the inside, they might be feeling very different, Mm -hmm. um, insecure, inadequate, um, and, and typically, you know, that, that happens when we talk about authenticity again, is that happens to people, anxiety and depression, all that stuff creeps in when we are trying to present ourselves in an unrealistic light, um, and, and not allowing ourselves to be imperfect, to make mm-hmm. mistakes, mm-hmm. to have struggles in life, right? Because that's just the human experience. Um, mm-hmm. we're all going to have that. So people that do that, and I think probably, more now than ever, right? Mm-hmm. We see that on Facebook. Um, that that can be an issue for a lot of people. Um, and with that, again, I would say that anxiety and depression would be those common diagnoses that would creep in. I can remember feeling yeah. that way beginning as a therapist, like they're going to see through me. You know, I'm trying to help them, but I still don't know everything. Thing, right? Yeah. And so when you reach that point where, you know, you do realize that you don't have to have all the answers mm-hmm. and you can make mistakes, you know, and mm-hmm. you can you can own up to them, um, you know. Um, again, that's very freeing as a person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even as a professional, you still try to do the best you can, but sure. to, to humanize yourself and to know that you're still growing. Well, before we end the episode, I actually want to do something um, to kind of humanize you a little bit yeah. and kind of mm-hmm. step you out of the professional respect for a second. Tell us, what is your favorite TV show and why? Ooh. Um, are well, you a criminal I, minds girl? Or I, are you? I do love a good murder. I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. But no, my husband and I just got done watching um, Schitt's Creek on Netflix. Oh, yes. Those great things. I, I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. That. Yeah. Um, right now we're watching Better Call Saul. Oh, Better um, Call Saul so good. I, I love it. Oh, I, I know. Love we Better like Call Saul. I, maybe not what you thought a therapist would just say, but no, I do. <laughs> I don't know why, but I do. I like all that stuff. Psychology type. I was going to say, I definitely could see you being into that because yes. you like the psychology yes. end of it. Oh, that is so funny. Well, Becky Wan, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, you've been wildly helpful with thank everything you. and um, have been so um yeah just knowledgeable on everything and hopefully we can have you back in the future uh for some future episodes as well so thank you so much thank you it's been fun i appreciate you having me oh it's been awesome thank you Uh uh-huh bye-bye